Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. Beyonce sits late. Shante, you stay. You say that's fishy. Well, I say he's dishy. We say that's fierce. So sing all my queers. Don't go nowhere. Just prick up your ears. The word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. Hey, I'm your host, Lenny. And I'm Brendy. Thanks for tuning into this week's show. Follow the show at, at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us any word suggestions. Oh, Lenny, we're back for another week. Yes, I we say are. it every time. <laughs> yep. Because I'm always surprised. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This week, we've got prep. We are doing prep. That's the word of the gay. And before we get into the episode, uh, it's important to remember that neither Brendy or I are doctors. No, used to be a nurse, but not anymore. <laughs> and there's a lot of medical information. So if you do have any concerns, please follow it up with a healthcare professional. For those who aren't aware, PrEP is an acronym for Pre-Exposure Prophylaxis. It's an HIV prevention strategy where HIV-negative individuals take a little blue pill to reduce their risk of becoming infected. Pre equals before, exposure equals coming into contact with HIV, and prophylaxis is the treatment to prevent HIV from establishing infection inside the body. And it's an important distinction to make that PrEP is an antiretroviral drug, not a vaccine or cure. It's one of a number of HIV prevention strategies for people who are HIV negative, but who also have higher than average risk of contracting HIV, mostly sexually active men who have sex with men and people who inject drugs. So PrEP hasn't been around for very long at all, but the fight to cure AIDS has been around for a number of decades. In 1981, the New York Times wrote about a rare cancer killing gay men in New York and California. And the word AIDS wasn't actually used until a year after. And it wasn't until five years later that the FDA actually approved the first antiretroviral drug. So in that time, they didn't have anything really to treat it. And that was called AZT. Now, millions of people were actually infected in those first five years with a few thousand deaths, leaving public health officials racing to keep the death rate from growing. So scientists quickly injected AZT into patients. Testing its effectiveness, a controversial trial was launched with nearly 300 people who had been diagnosed with AIDS. And after 16 weeks, they stopped the trial because strong evidence proved it was working. And in the years following, it became clear that no single drug was the answer to fighting HIV. People taking AZT soon began showing rising virus levels, but the virus was no longer the same. It had actually mutated to resist the drug. 
And then there was a drug called highly active antiretroviral therapy, or HART, which was introduced in 96, which was a pivotal moment in HIV actually becoming a chronic but manageable condition. Right. Today, of course, if someone is diagnosed with HIV, there are 41 drugs that can actually treat the disease. So there's a good chance that with the right combination and given the right time, the drugs can actually help keep those HIV levels low so that the person suffers few to no symptoms. Right. And the drug Trivada was previously only approved to treat HIV in those already infected. So in 2012, the FDA approved the drug for use as PrEP. So the World Health Organization then issued guidelines for PrEP, which made recommendations for its use, updating it in 2015 to emphasize that PrEP should be an additional prevention choice in a comprehensive package of services. And as of 2018, many countries have approved the use of PrEP for HIV and AIDS prevention, Uh, New Zealand being one of the first countries in the world to publicly fund PrEP. Whereas in many other countries, it is available but not yet publicly funded. But the drug was approved in Australia in 2016, allowing Australian providers to legally prescribe the medication. Right. To explain a little bit, well, not too deeply, but a little bit more deeply about how... (laughs) We're getting deep. This drug actually works. I watched a little video. And what it does is when it enters your body, it builds a little barrier around your T-cells, which is the cells in your immune system, which keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. It builds like a little shield and it protects your body if the virus enters. So there's plenty of people that actually benefit from PrEP. I mean, it's not just gay men. Yeah, not only do gay men take PrEP, but there are other people as well, um, mostly if you're in like a high-risk group. So that could be any man, trans or cis, who sleeps with men, especially yes. if they bottom. Mm-hmm. Trans women as well. Um, Bisexuals. But yeah. And I don't know why you're laughing, lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, a heterosexual woman who has a partner who has HIV and wants to conceive, which is actually really interesting. So if you take PrEP and you have an HIV-positive partner, it's possible to conceive naturally with that partner. So it's really good. And the baby won't have HIV. And also, if you're with a partner who is HIV-positive, you can take PrEP and you can have unprotected sex with them or unprotected sex with a condom. Yes. Which is, you know, a bit more intimate. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people do that when they're in a relationship. relationship. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the best way to take it is every day. Yes, obviously. (laughs) follow the instructions but what you also should do is have regular testing i think it's probably a condition of of taking prep engage with your gp so make sure you're informed and educated about all the other risks out there yes and then also use a condom occasionally as well or regularly because it's not a replacement for a condom doesn't hurt whack it on yeah (laughs) so brendy what's your prep status that's a very personal question i know But since we're in the cone of silence together, secret squirrel, (laughs) I will tell you, I'm not on prep. I practice safe sex with condoms. But I did a few years ago go on it. I went on a trial of it. But after about six weeks, I took myself off it because I was actually getting all the side effects that um, they had warned me about. But I just was not willing to put up with to kind of them. push through it. Yeah, hope yeah it, it, was, yep. it was quite full on. It really was quite full on. I was having stomach pains and a little bit of the kidney pains that mm, had yep. been warned. I was quite nauseous. 
even after having breakfast, I'd have my tablet and I'd get uh, quite nauseous. Morning sickness. Morning, Yeah, my morning sickness is kicking in. <laughs> yep. Headaches. And then also I was incredibly lethargic. Yep. Like it was quite hard to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm a morning person. <laughs> I bet. I said I'm up at 4.45 <laughs> to go to F45. And oh I personally took myself off it. Yep. But that was my own choice because I decided, no, I would rather just whack on a condom. That yeah. was just me. And and really be quite vigilant in practicing safe sex as much as possible. Yeah, I suppose it affects everyone differently. And then sometimes those things might balance themselves out. But yeah. it depends how badly you probably wanted to be on prep as to whether you were going to stick it out. Well, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm not having that much casual <laughs> sex at the time. <laughs> Not that much You know, the amount of tablets I was to take As opposed to the amount of dicks I was sucking It just didn't weigh up (laughs) It wasn't daily So, Did you find it hard to take them daily? Yes Okay Yeah, and they were were like horse tranquilizers They were huge tablets (laughs) So one of the other side effects, Lenny, is weight loss Today on The Morning Show (laughs) We're talking about the latest weight loss tablet Prep Um (laughs) No, and this actually reduces in your face, limbs, and ass. Hmm. However, don't be fooled. It doesn't really leave the body. It will move to your abdomen and upper back. Interesting. Maybe. Now, another side effect, Lenny, to the increased intake of PrEP is the actual rise of STIs Yes, within our community. But condom use is actually just being declining anyway. Oh, my God. So much laziness. I was going to say gay and bi men, but actually just in general by all millennials, I think. A number of times I've been in the boudoir <laughs> and the guy turns around. The guy. The man. <laughs> turns around to me and he's just like, we don't need a condom. I'm on prep. I'm like, mm, that doesn't stop me contracting STIs from you. No. Because there are other parts of your body that I'm exploring. And let's be honest, I don't want to get chlamydia like I did in that skate park in 2012, which we talked about. <laughs> yeah, we in did beats. actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're scared of STIs because they're actually getting a little bit scarier. They are. I don't want to 100% blame prep. But it is a factor. It's not to say that contracting an STI is the end of the world, but repeat infections actually do propose some risks. Firstly, some infections have actually become resistant to antibiotics and they've become a super STI, like super gonorrhea. Have you heard um, of that? No, it sounds- can't say I have. <laughs> sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> So they actually can't be treated by antibiotics. Did you know that there haven't been any new antibiotics created by manufacturers since 87? 1987. We're not having any new antibiotics. So we're all out. (laughs) So firstly, if an STI is resistant, Mm -hmm. we can't treat it. And the other thing is if you take antibiotics too often, you create a resistance within yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So... You know, I don't think it's good to scare people too much, although I think fear works for me as a tactic. (laughs) But I think education is really important. And I think that sexual education in this country is pretty woeful anyway. But then it's even worse for, you know, members of the LGBT plus community. Completely. Because there are separate issues for each letter, like I've said before. And we don't always have all the information or people hear something like, you know, getting an STI is no big deal, which it isn't if you get it, you know, like once or twice. But it's important to know the risks that these repeat infections have and that's why it's so important to have regular checks and a good relationship with your GP mm-hmm. and especially if you're on prep as well you're not going to use condoms or even if you are and you do use condoms because you can still get stuff if you use condoms oh my god Lenny, you know, back when I was 22 when I lost my virginity oh my god 
do the math. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally a night out. I'd been at Puff Doof in the city back mm-hmm. when Doof was in the city. Mm-hmm. It was 3 a.m. I was in a taxi. This is before Uber. You didn't lose your virginity to the taxi no, driver, did you? Not this <laughs> Different story. Not your first Different time. time. Not my first time. No. I ended up at the Marriott Hotel with a guy Ooh. off Grinder. Now, he was a sales rep from America. I had never met him before in my life. I met him in the foyer of the Marriott Hotel and very much felt like Julia Roberts at the beginning of Pretty Woman, not the end. <laughs> Went up to his hotel room, had an absolute hoot, had no idea what his stats were, let alone what his name was, yep. and left the next day. I mean, that, that could be seen as huge risk-taking behaviour, which is obviously there's a huge increase within our community of risk-taking behaviour. Speaking of STIs, though, I was looking at this study focusing mainly on men who have sex with men, and they looked at the STI rates of the men who were on PrEP that were contracting these STIs. Men that were on PrEP were 25 times more likely to get gonorrhea, 11 times more likely to get chlamydia, Mm. and 44 times more likely to get syphilis, as opposed to men who were not on PrEP but practising safe sex with condoms. Yeah, they're not great stats. Syphilis is really making a comeback. (laughs) Well, you know, she's brought out an album. (laughs) Robin can do it, so can syphilis. <laughs> Having settled that, though, for some people, they say that the act of taking a daily pill actually serves as a constant reminder to practice safe sex mm-hmm. and why they're taking the pill. And for others, though, it actually, while reducing anxiety and fear, um, gives them like a sense of freedom and makes them feel less vulnerable. But that actually ultimately does lead to reduced condom use. Yeah. Another positive of PrEP is it has provided an additional incentive or just a incentive for some people to engage with the GP on a more regular basis. Like yes. Some people just don't go and get tests. They don't go to the GP for like sexual health issues. Yeah, and having a good relationship with your GP is excellent because, I mean, they're able to obviously be assessing you not only for your sexual health, but they'll also be testing you for mental health. Blood pressure. Blood pressure, yep. cholesterol, diabetes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Diabetes, full physical, but then they're also able to steer you in the right direction if you're needing extra services as well. Yeah, it really is so important because I honestly still feel that the gay community as a whole, I mean, of our maybe generation more so, really isn't that educated on the matters of HIV. Right. Even in just our little bubble, you know, you hear a lot that people really try to downplay it. That's probably in part by the kind of focus on destigmatizing HIV, which is super important. Like, there should be no stigma around 
around it Absolutely. and no one should feel ashamed of having it and be unable to share it mm-hmm. or be judged for it. But for our generation, again, I just feel like people really try to downplay it. It's not a death sentence is what people well, it's say. not. And it's not, but it doesn't mean that it's something that's like desirable or you don't want to be careful about like it can cause a number of complications it's like a delicate balance for some people to get the medication right and it's just like a daily part of your life oh yeah 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 Yeah. and it's not just sort of like oh well whatever it's like the cold no like for the ones that do contract it they get to look at the world and be like okay I I still get to keep moving forward and I still get to live my life yeah yeah, back in the 80s, our community was so vibrant and progressive and moving forward. And then all of a sudden, the AIDS epidemic happened and mm. it pushed everything backward, which yeah. was a really sad factor because everybody was coming out and it pushed a lot of people back into the closet because of fear, lack of knowledge, and people were scared. Yeah, and they were. another reason for society to judge them and be yep. fear them and yeah. I think you and I are lucky in the sense that we live in a community that is more open than others. Anybody that contracts HIV, it's life-changing and there is an emotional toll that comes with it, but there are foundations and support networks and whatnot that are there to help. Yeah, um, we have a lot more support in Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at World AIDS Day on December 1st, which heavily, heavily raises awareness across the world about the issues surrounding HIV and AIDS. And I had a number of friends on the 1st of December that very much advocated that they were... An individual living with HIV, Mm. they were living their best life. Yeah, it's so good that people, well, not everyone, but some people can feel more comfortable expressing their HIV status. Yeah. There is still judgment and stigma out there. Mm -hmm. And those people that do feel comfortable helps others in turn as well be open about their, their status. Yeah. And it is hopefully becoming easier because of things like PrEP. But I think it's really important that we destigmatize HIV while still taking it seriously. And one of the ways is to destigmatize things like prep and testing. And there's actually a home testing kit for HIV. It's not out yet though, it's coming to Australia. Already. Oh, in a cinema near you. But there are still parts of the world and parts of certain countries, even in what we call developed countries, where HIV is still quite prevalent in certain communities. In the southern states of the United States, they have really high rates of HIV-positive diagnosis. They have also have really low rates of survival because not everyone gets tested because there's very little education around that. Yeah. It actually, for one in three, progresses to AIDS. Yeah. So, for example, a study done in 2015 said that African-Americans accounted for 45% of HIV diagnoses in the United States overall, although they only comprised of 13% of the total population. But in the South, it's actually even higher with African-Americans accounting for 54% of new HIV diagnosis. And even black women comprise of 69% of all HIV diagnoses amongst women. So they're just disproportionately high. And really the only reason is just like lack of affordability of things like PrEP, education around condoms. Obviously, people are aware of HIV. There's obviously a more limited understanding of how it's spread or that it's still very much an issue. And there's also stigma in those communities about being gay and about being tested so people are less likely to seek treatment when they do notice um, something's wrong with their health. I guess there would be some fear in those communities just in acting to seek out testing or treatment. I think fear of contracting anything is part and parcel of being sexually active these days. Like We all know the risks and being careful and practicing safe sex is a huge thing, but we all know that condoms do for some put up a bit of a barrier once in a while. 
everybody's got a different sort of sexual pleasure and sometimes condoms aren't the most comfortable. But, yeah, you've got different varieties, Lenny. You've got different I'm sure condoms have come a long way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To be fair, I mean, in the heat of the moment... Anybody says that they're not guilty of it. I think we're all a little bit guilty, but once or twice. Yes, where, definitely. You know, the hormones are raging. It's getting hot and heavy and sweaty and your Titanic hand is ready to hit that window and you just think, <laughs> fuck it, let's do it. I mean, years ago, I was at the Peel and I was there with a social acquaintance of mine and he and I had been building up sexual chemistry for a number of years. Mm. Number of years. It was like something out of Downton Abbey. And we're at the bar and we were just all of a sudden locked eyes, having a chat, making out, having a delightful time. And the time came where it was the appropriate hour of 2am and I was a lady who needed to get home. Uh, (laughs) I had bridge the next day. (laughs) Of course, invited him back with me, but... He was very hesitant. And I was like, look, if you don't want to, it's fine. He's like, no, it's not that I don't want to, but I'm HIV positive, so I can't go home with you. I just looked at him and I said, you don't have to come home with me. That doesn't mean that you don't have to. So this doesn't change anything. We just play it safe. That's a really good response. He ended up coming Did he come here? Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing about fear and HIV. It's not just the HIV negative person who has a fear. It's also for some the positive partner or party yep. that has a fear of passing it on. Absolutely. Yeah. Or and rejection. Yeah. And, and I suppose two of the main barriers around PrEP are affordability and awareness. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of campaigns around the world to firstly just get people aware of PrEP and that it works. Um, and in Australia, for example, it got added to the PBS three years ago. Yep. So it's very, very affordable. Um, it's actually like around $40 for a year. When it first came out, I think it was 2500 but there were a lot of free trials. So, so expensive. So expensive. But actually, compared to the United States, it is still sitting on 1600 a month. Yeah. So since it's very expensive in the US, there is a campaign called Break the Patent. There's like a legal precedent that was set in the 80s, which allows the government to actually force the drug provider to break the patent and allow other companies to make a generic version of the drug, which can be far more affordable. But Panadol and Paracetamol and Coles brand. Yes. Yes. Imagine if Coles brings out its own prep. But even the United States, I think it would still be expensive, like without insurance. Um, So this is the problem that the most vulnerable groups, the groups that don't have the education... That need it the most. um, Yeah, and that need it the most... For example, in Australia, the rates of infection in Indigenous population have actually risen by 41% between 2013 and 2016. So those figures are like startling, just like the United States. There was also a very controversial campaign, posters all around inner city suburbs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think before it was approved for use in Australia, which said, you can fuck raw prep works. I don't remember them. I live in such a bubble sometimes. But I didn't know what PrEP was until years later. No, I only knew it because that. my friends were going on yeah. it. And PrEP effectiveness is actually really high mm-hmm. if you take the recommended dosage, which is one huge tablet per day. That's so a tranquilizer. If you take PrEP seven times a week, the estimated level of protection you have is 99%. Okay. So that's amazing. If you take four pills per week, it reduces only to 96. Not that I'm saying you should do this, but... There is still a protection if you forget. Got a bridge game. If you go camping, (laughs) fell asleep. (laughs) Um, And then if you take two pills a week, it drops way down to seventy-six. It's actually more effective anally than vaginally, though. 
Fascinating. Yep. Tell me more. I'll Tell me more. more. So PrEP actually concentrates more in the rectum. So this is why those statistics are higher, but vaginally it actually doesn't concentrate there as highly. So the risks if you don't take it daily are a lot lower. Wouldn't it also concentrate in her ass? But right. the rates of anal sex among yes. gay couples versus heterosexual couples yes. are a lot higher, I'm as back you on might board be with aware. You. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Now, there haven't been many failed cases, but there's been a few. I think, like, worldwide, there's only been about six. Which is really not many. That's yeah, that's tiny nothing. tiny percentage. Versus the amount of people taking it. Yeah. Yep. And there was actually one specifically, a Dutch man who actually contracted a non-drug-resistant strain of HIV because he was a case study during the trial. So for the first eight months of being on that trial before he was diagnosed, mm. he kept a diary of all his sexual partners and whatnot. It was quite fascinating. Look yep. it up. And then it was also during this time that once um, he started showing signs of HIV, he was also then diagnosed with rectal gonorrhea and chlamydia. However, the doctors started him on Trivada along with um, three other medications. And within a month, he had an undetectable load. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, to use the US as an example again, because most of the studies are coming out of there, the number of HIV infections that happen every year is going down. But among the men who have sex with men or gay or bisexual community, new HIV infections have remained relatively stable. But in certain cities, they've really dropped. So in New York and San Francisco, for example big gay cities Mm -hmm. with like pretty good education, lots of programs. San Francisco is probably the best example. It dropped to 532 in 2007, then to 203 in 2016. And then there was a 50% reduction after 2012. Yeah. And I mean, there are misconceptions within our community for individuals that take PrEP and who are sexually active where they, you know, may be called a Truvada whore, PrEP whore, just a whore. I can't stand it because it, it's just another way of slut-shaming somebody just because yeah. they have you know, a high sex drive or they're sexually liberated. You wouldn't call someone who uses a condom that, surely. Like, no. in a way, they're being quite responsible. No, exactly right. Um, it's been an effort to kind of go on prep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Having sex is healthy. Talking about sex is healthy. And practicing safe sex, whether it be condoms, prep, both is healthy. But then you also do have on the other side with some of the apps I've noticed, you know, you scroll through some of the profiles and one of the statistics or one of the details that a lot of guys will have on there is on prep. Mm. You know, I've met some guys there where they're like, you know, I'm on prep or, you know, some friends that are just like, you're not on prep kind of thing. And why don't you have that on your status? And it's like, hold on, this is nobody else's business. Like mm. whether you're on it or you're not, it's personal. You can voice it or not voice it, but nobody else's business. But also, I question putting it on there a little bit like, this is a stranger. How do you know that they are on prep? For them, it matters less if you're on prep because they're on prep, so they're not going to contract HIV from you. But it's interesting because it's like, like I think that people should be responsible for their own sexual health, but I think we should also be responsible for other people's and just be like decent humans in that situation. Like I had my age as 29 up until about two (laughs) weeks ago. So yes, anything can happen on those. But prep is great. Uh, It's stopped thousands of infections, but it is also one method of safe sex. Saves so lives, yep. but it is one method. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. You can follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And hey, send us some words. Some words. Next week's our last episode for the year. Our first season's over. Oh my God, our first season <laughs> is nearly over, and we have a very exciting <laughs> one planned.
planned for you. It's our gay Christmas. Which means so many things to different so people. So many things. Yep. It's so much more than Mariah Carey, but it's all about her. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. On that note, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thanks to our new listeners as well. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.